welcome to Swarthmore Presbyterian Church's podcast. This is your host, Alex Evangelista. We are delighted you are here, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. You are now listening to a sermon recorded for August 1st, 2021, titled, Born from Above, by Rev. Alex Evangelista. Good morning. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We continue this morning with our creation series. So I want to begin with an earthly question. How many of you all have been asked, why is the sky blue? Anyone? Yeah. It seems like such a simple question, but we know it actually has a complex scientific answer. And I know many of you here may be able to answer that question, but since I don't remember the science class where I was taught this, when I was asked by my young cousin, I said, you know, I'm not sure, but I know where to look. You know what I did? I went to the best place you could go to, Google. (laughs) What started with, why is the sky blue? reoriented me to asking new questions, asking and unpacking the ways gases and particles scatter sunlight, and then I'm Googling, why does blue light travel at shorter and smaller waves? And so my cousin and I, we chatted, finding out how our earth worked, why the sky is blue. His earthly question had an earthly answer. And he seemed full of curiosity on how the earth worked. There was a time when earthly questions couldn't be answered with empirical information. So instead, they were answered with spiritual answers. The biblical writers would look up and they would see the skies are blue. And they thought it was because there was a sea of water in the heavens. It's why in the Noah narrative we read, the windows of heaven opened up and all this water fell. Imagine not being able to explain earthquakes and why the ground was shaking. You would be filled with fear that the foundations of the earth may crumble beneath you. Yet the psalmist will declare, Adonai has set the earth on its foundations so that it will never be shaken. There's a spiritual answer indeed, a spiritual promise and affirmation to the earthly questions they asked. God holds the earth's foundations in God's hands. Of course, now we can have earthly answers to these questions, no longer needing spiritual affirmations. We can explain earthquakes and why the sky is blue. We can explain how rain falls and that we shouldn't be afraid that the 
floodgates of heaven will just descend all at once because we know how rain works. We can explain why bigger storms are arriving, why larger heat waves are occurring, and why fires are looming larger and larger, and what we must do. We are witnessing the signs of a climate crisis. We can find the answers to our earthly questions on how we can fix this. And it makes me wonder if God is involved in the picture at all. I believe our God is making all things new, yet I am not seeing the signs of the promise of a new creation, of the inbreaking of God's promise as our world groans and moans. And maybe it's because I'm searching for an earthly affirmation when what is needed is a spiritual affirmation and promise. In our gospel reading this morning, We hear how Nicodemus has been seeing the signs of Jesus, sees the promises of God's inbreaking in the world. He has seen the evidence of the miracles, has drawn logical conclusions as he says, for no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Yet his faith in Jesus is still very limited as he calls Jesus a teacher who has come from God, which is saying quite little compared to what has been said by others in the preceding chapters, calling Jesus Son of God, Lamb of God, Messiah, and King of Israel. Nicodemus's earthly eyes have seen the signs. His faith is based on witness evidence, and he wants to be part of the inbreaking Jesus proclaims, and in true Johannian fashion, Jesus responds to the implicit question Nicodemus is asking. Jesus responds, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. I resonate with Nicodemus's persistence to want to see the kingdom for his follow-up question It's sensible, it's earthly, it's rational. How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can anyone enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And the Greek word, anothen, can be translated as both born from above, which is how we translate Jesus' phrase, and born again, which is what Nicodemus uh, which is aligned with Nicodemus's response. Part of me is asking, am I being fair to Nicodemus? And as a leader in a Jewish tradition, I don't think Nicodemus would have been prepared for this idea of becoming the children of God, the possibility of being born from above. As Raymond Brown puts it, was there anything in Jewish thought that would have prepared him for understanding Jesus's theme of becoming God's children through begetting by the Father. In the early stages of the Old Testament theology, the whole people of Israel were treated as God's firstborn child. However, we cannot say that sonship is a major theme in the relationship between Israel and Yahweh. Moreover, when sonship is mentioned, 
It is the result of a covenant choice. There is no clear idea of being begetting by God. Truly then, his question is truly sensible. It's earthly. It's rational. We are fleshly people born to earthly parents. Yes, as we affirmed from our Genesis passage, we are filled with the breath, the wind, the Spirit of God, but to be born from above? No. His question is rational. And then Jesus responds, No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and the Spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the Spirit is spirit. Jesus' response is wanting to take Nicodemus from the earthly affirmations, the fleshly rationale, and wanting to give him a spiritual perspective, a spiritual affirmation. Would Nicodemus be prepared to understand this response? I believe he may have been prepared to at least hear the words, for as a teacher of the scriptures, he would be aware of the eschatological outpouring of the Spirit that we hear in the Old Testament. Isaiah proclaims, a Spirit from on high is poured out on us. Joel's promise, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Even the connection of water and spirit we find in Ezekiel. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. A new heart I will give you. And a new spirit I will put upon you. It would take a miracle from above. An openness to the wind and the spirit of God. An openness to the mysteriousness of God to receive this spiritual affirmation. But Nicodemus isn't prepared to enter a mysterious spiritual affirmation that is separate from an earthly sign as he says, how can these things be? Friends of Christ, we know of how these things can be because we believe in the begotten one who is lifted up, who is resurrected from the grave, Our glorified Christ, victorious over death, sent his disciples to be filled with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Indeed, in God's grace and love, we are born of the Spirit, and the Spirit empowers us to be the body of Christ today. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Amen. And yet, how? How can we be a people who participate and witness to the kingdom, but do not have eyes to see the kingdom? It's because, like, it's because we're like Nicodemus at times, stuck on the fleshly, the rationale, the rational, and we have not opened our eyes to the spiritual, the heavenly. We have forgotten the heavenly felicity, the inbreaking of God that continues in our world today for our faith isn't dependent on the signs that we can see, but our faith and our trust are in the one whose names are above all names. It's a spiritual affirmation we hear this morning. 
that as disciples of Christ, we carry the good news that God loves the world and sent his only son to be witnesses to God who is reconciling all, making all things new. For the breath of God gives us life, but the spirit of God gives us eternal life. That the foundations of the world are in God's hands. And while we can give earthly affirmations when we are born of the spirit, we witness to spiritual affirmations that our God is faithful. And if we open ourselves up to this heavenly truth, that being born from above, we may catch glimpses of seeing the kingdom of God today. To not use our earthly, fleshly eyes, but to witness the new creation with the sight of the Spirit. How can these things be? When I ask today, I am witnessing signs of a climate crisis, and I have earthly answers. So, Lord, where is your promise of new creation? It reminds me when we look for earthly affirmations and neglect the spiritual. It reminds me of Matthew 25 when Christ is asked, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? We receive a spiritual affirmation that God's spirit is making all things new. And we ask our God to give us spiritual eyes to see the kingdom today. For where is God's promise of a new creation? I think we catch glimpses. It's in those who protest against the continuation of climate change. Those who protect the environment. Those who create change. For in those movements, we see glimpses of eternal reconciliation. We ask our God to allow us to move from earthly affirmations and to affirm that the outpouring of the Spirit is happening in our world. Lord, give us the eyes to see that you are indeed at work in our world. Let us be witnesses to you, to be your body, to be your change agents in this world, O oh God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon, recorded for August 1st, 2021, titled, Born from Above, by Rev. Alex Evangelista. We'll see you soon, and may the peace of Christ be with you.